Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, welcome again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. And if this is your first time joining us, we are so glad that you're here. So today we're continuing in a series that we kicked off last week called Hidden Realities. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at things that maybe we can't see with our physical eyes, but we know are real. We're looking at the spiritual world. And last week we did a high level overview of the spiritual world. We looked at our enemy, Satan, what he uh, desires to do. This week I told you we're going to look at the Holy Spirit. And then next week we'll look at demons. And then the final week, angels. And again, we're doing this series not to freak anybody out or, or go to an extreme or, or, you know, be fearful, but to understand the spiritual world and the hidden realities of the spiritual world and how to prepare for that. Because the physical world we live in is real, but the spiritual world is just as real and just as present. So the Holy Spirit's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to look at the power in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the hidden realities of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the Holy Spirit a little bit back in the spring, just how to hear from the Holy Spirit and how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. But we're going to actually look at the power that the Holy Spirit gives us today. Now, a lot of you, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you grew up in a a church like I did. It was kind of small. And sometimes some of the things they talked about was a little scary, like when they would talk about the Trinity of God, right? They would talk about God the Father in God the Son, and it wasn't God the Holy Spirit, it was God the what? Holy Ghost, right? And for a kid, that's a little bit scary, you know, because ghosts weren't good things. And then in church, it's talking about the ghost is a good thing, and you're like, wait, what? What? I don't understand that. So I got God the Father, you know, I understood that. I got the whole God the Son thing, but the God the Holy Spirit part was a little confusing. So here's what we need to know today as we go through this. The Holy Spirit is simply that part of God that lives within us each and every day. And we have the Holy Spirit when we have a relationship with Christ. And I know, listen, not everybody's there. A lot of you still have questions about where you stand on the whole spiritual journey. But if you've invited Christ into your life, that means the Holy Spirit resides in you. So that's what I want you to remember as we go through today, but the Holy Spirit is absolutely and completely necessary if we are going to live the lives that God desires for us to live. Because as we learn in scripture, he guides us, he leads us, he protects us, he encourages us, he strengthens us, and he empowers us. As a matter of fact, let's look at something that Jesus said as he was preparing his disciples before he went to the cross about the Holy Spirit. And this is from the message. It's uh, John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. And listen, if you ever want to follow along uh, with our notes, as they said in that welcome video, you can download that church center app or scan the QR code or online, they'll send you a link. But John 14, if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. 
doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. Now, that verse has a lot of information about the hidden reality of the Holy Spirit. And first of all, we know because we just talked about it, but the Holy Spirit's not an it, it's a person. It's the third part of the Trinity. It's the part of God that lives in us. It's not just this feeling, this this gut reaction, you know, or this overwhelming sense. It's actually God living in us. Now think about that for a minute. The creator of the universe, the one who gave you life and gave your children life, the one who's given us everything that we have lives inside of us. That's crazy when you think about it. And that verse said that the world can't receive him or understand him. Can't receive the Holy Spirit or understand the Holy Spirit because they don't have a relationship with Christ. And if you go and tell somebody that doesn't have a relationship with Christ, that God lives in you, they're going to be like, what? You know, what's wrong with that person? It doesn't make sense to them, that verse says. But it does mean that if you follow Christ, then the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in each one of us. It's how we hear from God. It's how we relate to God. It's how we understand God and know what to do in life. So what that means, if you boil it down, is Jesus lives with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which is better than the disciples had it, right? Because when the disciples were with Jesus on earth, he was only with them when he was around them right? If he'd go home and they'd go home, he wasn't with them. But he's with us all the time. And because that part of God lives within us, he's constantly trying to shape us and to mold us into his image, right? Isn't that the whole desire of, of Christ is that we become more and more like him? So he's our advocate, the Bible says. He's our counselor, He's our God, he's our comforter, and all kinds of other things. But he gives us the power to do the will of God because we wouldn't be able to do it on our own. So what I want to look at today is what power does the Holy Spirit give us as followers of Christ? So if you're following along with our notes, learning number one, first thing, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and draws us to repentance right? So for those of you that already have a relationship with Christ, think about this. It was the Holy Spirit that drew you to Christ, right? It's the Holy Spirit that kept calling you and calling you. And one day you invited Jesus into your life on your own, right? Because the Holy Spirit kept calling you and showing you your sin and showing you your need for a savior and your need for repentance. And so then you invited Christ into your life. And then what did God do? He saved you because of what Jesus did on the cross, right? Jesus already paid for your sins. Now, could you see that you were being saved with your physical eyes? No, but you knew it, right? Beyond the shadow of a doubt because you surrendered your entire life to Christ, but you were drawn to Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us the power of salvation because it continues to call until we come to Christ. 
That's why a lot of times we'll pray for our friends or our family. Hey, God, don't give up on them, right? Keep calling them and speaking to them until they come to you. But we were drawn to Christ by the Holy Spirit. I think a great example of that is a story of a guy in the New Testament by the name of Nicodemus. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, you don't want to get Nicodemus confused with Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus was the wee little man, and then there's Nicodemus. I used to get them confused all the time. Zacchaeus was in the tree, Nicodemus wasn't. But anyway, I, I, uh, I got sidetracked there. But Nicodemus, I'm just going to kind of set this up for you. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, which was a religious leader in Jesus's day. And the Pharisees were kind of smug. They felt like they knew more than all the people. They kind of controlled God in the distribution of God to the people. And they would get the people to do things that they wouldn't even do themselves. Well, this group that uh, Nicodemus was part of The Pharisees, they hated Jesus. They hated Jesus' guts because when Jesus came to this earth, he turned their world upside down. And basically, they thought they were going to lose money and influence because Jesus was teaching the people and they were supposed to be teaching the, the people. So Nicodemus decides to go see Jesus at night because he doesn't want his Pharisee friends to know that he's inquiring of Jesus. And so Nicodemus goes and finds Jesus at night and says, hey, Jesus, you know, I know you're from God. I know you're here to teach us and you're here to help us. And I know this because of the miracles you've performed. And Jesus kind of stops him in his tracks and says, hey, Nicodemus, you know, you're not going to understand these hidden realities. You're not going to understand these truths about God until you're born again. And then, of course, he's perplexed, right? He's like, what do you mean be born again, you know, or, or rebirth? What are you talking about, Jesus? I'm an adult. How can I go back into my mom's womb? What, this is crazy. What are you talking about? And then Jesus says this in John chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. That's how we answered Nicodemus. In other words, Nicodemus, your mother and father gave you physical life, which is eventually going to end in physical death. But your heavenly father gives you a spiritual birth, a spiritual life that now will never end. It's an eternal life that has no end point. That's what your heavenly father gives you, and that's how it's different than what your parents gave you. And at that point, Nicodemus, you become one of God's children. How cool is that? Now, how do we know that we're one of God's children? That's something else the Holy Spirit assures us of. Think about it like this. Uh, How do your kids, if you have kids, and if you don't have kids, think about maybe when you were a kid, but how do kids know who their parents are? How do our children know that we're their parents? Because they look like us? Because they talk like us? Because the names match up on the birth certificate? Or because we have the same address? No. How do kids know who their parents are? 
we tell them, right? We tell them that we're their parents. Hey, Junior, we're your parents. We brought you into this world. And what do we tell Junior when Junior acts up? And we can take you out of this world too, right? Exactly. Our kids know that we're their parents because we tell them that we're their parents. It's the same way with God. The way that we know that we are one of God's children is through his Holy Spirit. He tells us we're his children. His spirit speaks to our spirit. Listen to this verse, Romans 8, 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. He gives us, leads us to salvation. The, whole, the Holy Spirit draws us to salvation. And then God says, you're mine. And then the Holy Spirit gives us that assurance and that confidence that we're saved. That's incredible power. Because remember, we talked last week how Satan's going to constantly get us to try to doubt our faith and to doubt that we're even saved. But the Holy Spirit gives us this deep sense of spiritual assurance, and it only comes from God, his spirit speaking to our spirit. It's the same way we give our children assurance that we're their parents and that we're going to take care of them and we're going to provide for them and we are going to protect them. We want our kids to have that assurance each and every day. And it's the same assurance that the Holy Spirit gives us. So the Holy Spirit gives us the power to see our sin and to see our need for a Savior, calls us to repentance, then we accept Christ and we receive salvation, and then the Holy Spirit gives us the assurance of that salvation. Now, if that's all the Holy Spirit ever did for us, that would be enough, right? Our salvation. But here's something else the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to do what God desires. The Holy Spirit's the one that gives us the power to do God's will. When we don't know what to do or what to say or where to go or what direction to go in life, the Holy Spirit will do something in our lives to show us what God's will is and move us in that direction. John 14, 26. The friend... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, this is Jesus talking, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. Jesus said that his Holy Spirit gives us the power to remember what he taught us, which is encouraging to someone my age that forgets a lot of things now, right? We can't remember what we had for supper last night, but that doesn't matter because God's going to remind us of what he's taught us. Well, why is that important? Because of what we talked about last week. You know, if we know the truth, if we know God's truth and what God tells us, we're going to know the lies of our enemy and we're going to easily be able to spot those because we hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. We always have direction. We always have guidance. And I think it was last week I told you about teaching overseas in the Middle East. And every time I would teach, I had an interpreter. Because the people that were receiving the training were Arabic. 
And I didn't understand Arabic. They didn't understand English, so I had to have an interpreter, which was so beneficial because the interpreter would stand on stage with me and the interpreter would talk to me in English and the people would know what we were talking about and kept me on track for the training. And, you know, anything I was, you know, off track, it would correct me. Like he'd say, Scott, they're not getting this point. I can tell by the reaction. So can you give a couple more examples? And I'd give a couple more examples and, the, you know, their eyes would light up and they'd take some notes so they'd get the point. Or he'd say, hey, Scott, that doesn't interpret. When you said makes you want to slap your mama, that doesn't, that doesn't translate into Arabic, right? So you've got to, you got to say that a different way. And I would say it a different way. And there was a lot of things that I found that we say in the English language that just didn't translate, but he would correct me. And then I'd say it again. And of course, they're only hearing his interpretation of the second thing. So it went perfect. Or he'd say, hey, they're getting tired. I can tell they're getting restless. It's time for a break. So after this learning, let's take a break. Because I could understand my, my interpreter's voice in English, I was well aware of my surroundings, what was going on, what to expect, what direction to go in. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit when we hear the Holy Spirit's voice. We know where we're heading. We know what to expect. We know, you know what God desires of us. We know when we need to change and redirect because we understand the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because the voice of the Holy Spirit will continue to show us how to do God's will and how to do what pleases God. Again, I, the Bible says he's our counselor. He's our advocate. Really think about the Holy Spirit as your interpreter. He's going to enable you and empower you to walk in the will of God. Let's say you're out somewhere and you don't know what to do. Or you're at home and you're looking for direction, and so you pray and you ask for direction. Well, eventually the Holy Spirit's gonna you know, help you to understand the direction that you need. It's gonna answer you. Now, a lot of times we pray and we're like, well, I, I didn't get any answer, I didn't hear anything. And sometimes it's not in God's timing, but other times it's just that we're not listening, right? I think sometimes we're praying so much and so hard and asking for this and asking for that and be with them and be with this person that we don't just get quiet and listen. Do you realize when you're praying, you can just be quiet? A lot of people recommend, hey, pray, and then however long you prayed, be silent for that much longer and listen for God to speak to you through his spirit. And oftentimes, when I'm quiet, not just constantly asking God of things, that's when I hear from God. Or have you ever been in a situation and maybe you were meeting with someone or you saw one, somebody in the store and then all of a sudden you just felt overwhelmed that you needed to say something to that person or to encourage that person or do something for that person? That's how the Holy Spirit leads you to do God's will. We often don't know why we're being led in this direction, but God does. Maybe that person we spoke to or gave an encouraging word to, they needed that that day. So the Holy Spirit not only draws us to Christ and shows us our need for salvation, but also gives us the power to do the will of God. Here's something else, learning number three. The Holy Spirit enables us to tell others about Jesus. 
He gives us the power and the wisdom and the words to share Christ with somebody else or to share Christ through our actions with somebody else. Sometimes it's not always verbally that we have to tell somebody about Christ. Sometimes it's just our actions and they see Christ in us. Now, uh, that freaks people out to think, well, wait a minute, I got to tell other people about Christ because God left us that responsibility, right? The, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. It scares us because we think, well, what if I mess this up? What if they ask me a question about God and I don't know the answer? I don't know the Bible uh, good enough. But the good news is the Holy Spirit actually gives us the power to speak about Christ or to demonstrate Christ to someone with confidence and with boldness. Not in an in-your-face, you know, turn or burn type of way. You know, my life's better than yours and you're, you're heading in the wrong direction, but boldly and lovingly and confidently. Paul, the apostle Paul was keenly aware of the power of the Holy Spirit in helping him to tell other people about Jesus. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. And my message and my preaching were very plain. This is Paul talking. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust, not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. In other words, he said, hey, my speaking, my abilities weren't all that great. But when I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit spoke. That's what I love about speaking is, you know, the Holy Spirit works on me all week or, you know, for the next series or on Saturday night, you know, or Sunday, I want you to change this. I want you to do this. And then when I speak, the Holy Spirit interprets that or personalizes it for you. That's why sometimes you feel, or if I'm sitting out there with you when somebody else is speaking, I feel like God's speaking directly to me. It's, it's not that I've got keen insight into what you do all week or, or hidden cameras everywhere. That's simply the Holy Spirit personalizing the message God wants you to hear and the action that God wants you to take. So the, the Holy Spirit gives me the ability to tell, to tell others about Jesus and gives you the ability to tell others about Jesus. Uh, God enables us to share. And I think when we do, when we take those steps that he's leading us to take to show love to someone or to show Christ to someone or even tell someone how Christ changed our life, the Holy Spirit shows up in a big way. Just like I think every Sunday, obviously, the Holy Spirit shows up in a big way because he personalizes it for each of us. A good example of the Holy Spirit showing up in a big way in the scripture is when Peter and John were released from prison. They had been arrested by the Sanhedrin, which was basically think of them as the elite religious leaders. There was Pharisees that we just talked about, and there were Sadducees, which was another group of religious leaders. And they had like 70 of them, and they called them the Sanhedrin, and they made the big decisions for all the Jewish people. But they had John and Peter arrested because they continued to tell others about Jesus. They continued to preach about Jesus. Well, when they got released, 
they went back to hang out with some other followers of Jesus and with other disciples and they prayed. And the Holy Spirit showed up in a mighty way. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. After this prayer, this is when they were all praying, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then what did they do? Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They were able to tell other people with even more boldness about Christ. You know, the Sanhedrin told Peter and John, you guys got to stop talking about this Jesus guy. And then the Holy Spirit gave them more power to still continue to speak about Jesus. He gives us that same power to share Christ with others. This one's not a, a learning, but something else the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live a holy life, right? To overcome you know, the devil's schemes to, to live a holy life and live our lives for Christ. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Now, before a person ever knows Christ, it's easy to be led by our sinful thoughts, right? It's easy to fall into the traps that Satan sets for us. It's easy to lose interest in anything that may have sparked our curiosity about God. But then once we know Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live that holy life. In other words, to think about things that please God more than please us or to think about things to do for God instead of things to do for ourselves. Now, if you go back and look at that verse again, it said that uh, if we're, our sinful nature controls our mind, it leads to what? Death. But if we let the spirit control our mind, it leads to life and peace. So I think that's a fair question because even after you're a follower of Christ, we can still let our sinful nature lead us or we can then allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, which leads to life and peace. You know, before any of us were following Christ, sinning was fun, right? It was easy. There was no conviction. We didn't feel guilty about it. We didn't feel ashamed about it. We didn't feel bad about it. But once you have the Holy Spirit living in you, who's now given you the power to live that holy life, what happens when you sin? You feel terrible, right? You feel miserable. You know you've done something that you, you shouldn't have done. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit, again, is given us conviction. And that's part of that power and desire to live a holy life. It's also, as a matter of fact, before we had Christ, it was almost impossible to step out of sin, right? Because there was no conviction. We didn't feel bad about it. But once we know Christ and we still are going to mess up, we're still going to sin, we're still going to blow it. But when we do, it's easier to get out of that sin, right? Because the Holy Spirit will show us the path out. So the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live a holy life. We couldn't do it on our own. And here's the final thing, learning number four. 
the Holy Spirit will use us to make a difference in this world. We've been gifted by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in the world. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, first. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. That means God gives everybody gifts through the Holy Spirit. If you have a relationship with Christ, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but if you have a relationship with Christ, you get a spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit. And it's to be, or gifts. And those or that gift is to be used to further God's kingdom and to help others. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift, again, which is a gift simply given by the Holy Spirit once you know Christ, is given to each of us so we can help each other. So everybody gets one. And God leads us and gives us the power through the Holy Spirit to use that gift to make a difference for his kingdom. Now, you can ignore the Holy Spirit and not use your gift, right? But that's not ever recommended. As a matter of fact, a, a guy by the name of Stephen in the book of Acts was right before he was put to death, before he was stoned to death, he is telling the people, you're resisting the spirit of God. We don't want to do that. Acts 7.51, this is, this is Stephen's speech, part of his speech. He said, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. So we don't want to continue to resist the Holy Spirit, whether it's that call to salvation, whether it's doing God's will, whether it's telling somebody else about Jesus or living a holy life or simply using our gift to make a difference in this world. We don't want to continue to resist the Holy Spirit. Do you know we can actually hurt the Holy Spirit's feelings if we continue to resist the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls it, you know, grieving the Spirit. So we need to use those gifts that God's given us through His Spirit to make a difference in this world. That's a big power the Holy Spirit gives us. And then lastly, you know, not only do we need to use those gifts, but we need to be fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Look at Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens when somebody drinks too much alcohol, way too much alcohol? They get stupid, right? Let's just be honest. They do things they wouldn't normally do, right? It takes control of them. And the scripture saying, hey, instead of letting a substance completely control you, let the Holy Spirit of God control you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit has control of your life. Again, to guide, lead, direct, enable, empower you. So we have to give control so that we hear from God, we relate to God, so that we know the direction to take in life, so that we receive conviction when we're on the wrong path, so we receive correction when we, when we mess up. So we receive protection, right, in all those battles that we face. When we surrender completely 
to the hidden reality of the Holy Spirit, we're going to sense God's direction in everything. We're going to hear from God. He's going to give us discernment. He's going to give us the ability to do what he's called us to do. He's going to enable us to tell others about him and to help others to grow in their faith. That's incredible power that God gives us through his Holy Spirit. And yes, we're going to be opposed along the way. We learned that last week. There's a spiritual battle going on all the time. Satan's going to try to stop us, but we're going to prevail, right? Because we're not alone. God walks through the physical life and the spiritual life with us each and every day. So we've got all those weapons and tools we talked about last week for the battles that we're going to face in life, and we're all going through battles, but we have the most powerful weapon living inside of us. God lives in us through his Holy Spirit. So let me encourage you, if you've never made that decision to to trust Jesus, you know, to invite Jesus into your life. If maybe you have felt that prompting of the Holy Spirit, you know, calling you to a relationship with Christ. Maybe you've even been convicted a little bit of your sin and seen your need for a Savior, but you've never crossed that line of faith. Let me, let me encourage you, don't put that off. Trust Christ, receive his Holy Spirit, and, and get all that direction and guidance you need and the power you need to live a holy life. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Lord, simply the the part of you that lives in us each and every day and is with us all of the time. Lord, forgive us when we make that confusing, as I know uh, in the past we have. But thank you for residing in us. Lord, help us to really understand the reality of that, that you live with us each and every day. You protect us, you guide us, you speak to us, you encourage us. Everything we do is because of you. And that we're able to do is because of you. Maybe as we're praying, you're watching from home or you're here and you've never said yes to Christ. You've never asked for forgiveness of your sins or received Christ in your heart. Maybe today's the day. And if that's something that you want to do, I'll lead you in a prayer to do that. You're not praying out loud. You're just praying to the Lord to say, Jesus, you know what? I get it. You came to this earth for my sin and for everybody's sin. I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from you. So I'm inviting you into my life. I'm asking you to not only forgive me of my sins, but to live in me and give me guidance and direction. Turn me into the person that you desire for me to be. Maybe you've been following Christ for a long time, but you acknowledge there's some areas of your life, all this power the Holy Spirit gives us, you've, you've kind of quenched that. You haven't listened fully to the Holy Spirit. Why don't you commit today, Lord, I'm going to listen to your Spirit in every area of my life. I'm going to listen to you and and not myself. I'm going to let your nature control me and not my own. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the churches and our community and the different organizations that continue to tell others about you. Lord, help us to speak about you boldly, not in fear, 
And to, Lord, know it's not always our words telling other people, but sometimes it's our actions that demonstrate you. Help us to be good and faithful followers, but good and faithful sharers of your good news. We love you and we praise you. Amen. As we finish up, I want to encourage you to uh, fill out that connection card that's on the Church Center app or on that QR code. If you have prayer requests, please let us know. We have an incredible prayer team uh, who will pray through those requests each and every day, each and every week, uh, and make those requests known to our Heavenly Father. Um, I think that's it. I don't think I have anything I have to announce today. So I will encourage you to go outside and enjoy the sunshine. Thanks for giving us a little bit of your time today, and I hope you'll join us next week. God bless you guys.